it's the journey, not the destination. This journey is about the process of learning, growing, helping, and waking up to who we are along the way. Let's explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, and doing the things that light us up. I'm your host, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and welcome to It's the Journey. So hello, everybody, and welcome back to It's the Journey. I'm your host, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and today I'm super excited to be speaking with Ellen Green Niedringhaus. Ellen is the mama of two magical human beings and the owner of two magical yoga studios. And we're going to talk about Ellen's journey to yoga and some of the philosophies that she takes off the mat and into the world, because I think it's pretty cool. So Ellen, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So I was trying to think when I was when I was prepping for this, like how long I've known you. I think I've been, I was thinking I've been your friend and fan for almost two decades. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that wild? Right? Because like, well, yeah. like when did you start teaching? Like, so I went to my first uh, Bikram training at like the very first teacher training that I ever did was in 2007. And then I started teaching shortly after that. So I think that's probably like right when we met is when okay. I started teaching at the studios. Yeah. And I think I, I think my youngest son was two when I started practicing. So oh I was that was probably two thousand five, and he's yeah. nineteen now. For any, <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that's so fifteen-ish years. Um, yeah. So I, I, and I was thinking about that. It was just it was so fun watching you. So I had, I had been practicing just a little bit when you started, not not long, but go watching you go from brand new, shiny, excited yoga teacher to mm -hmm. then uh, studio owner when you started Bluebird yeah. and yeah. then start then from with social media, like, oh, Ellen's doing classes and teaching other yogis. Mm -hmm. And uh, then now your own two yoga studios. And it's, mm -hmm. it's been so exciting watching that. And so like, what was kind of your, it'd be funny, like, I don't know, like, how, what was your journey to yoga? Like, how did you discover it? And, and what do you, what do you love about it? Yeah. Um, it, my very first class, so I grew up an athlete, you know, like I was never like the most elite athlete, but I always was, I was always active, you know, like always, like I feel like physical activity came easy to me. Um, but I was a swimmer and I was a little bit of a runner and I played, you know, like team sports. So I wasn't a dancer. I wasn't a gymnast, you know, like I, I wasn't into any of the like I feel like almost like the beautiful stuff that um, that yoga is kind of known for, you know, like uh -huh. the back bends and the stretching and, you know, like these beautiful poses. And so I remember it was, I was in my early twenties. I think I took my first class. Well, I know I took my first class in December of 2003. So it'll be almost 20 years this year that I've been wow. practicing. Yeah. And I was young and I was working as a paralegal and I was really generally unhappy. You know, I was kind of just like, I had just graduated college and I was like, what am I doing? You know, like, this is just, I don't know. I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I remember I was partying a lot, honestly. And I remember taking a yoga class and this is kind of like what we were joking about before, you know, like we came on and started recording, but like, I remember in Shavasana, I was laying there and I was like, I can't believe that I can feel this good sober. 
And it was like kind of this wild like realization that I felt healthy. I felt happy. I felt like, you know, energized, like all the things I was like going for, but I was going for them, you know, kind of like in the wrong ways, um, more or less at that time. And so it just felt really like life affirming. And I knew right then, honestly, I was like, I want to either be doing this for my whole life and to feel like this and if possible to be able to like help other people feel this way. Uh, I love that. And that is just such a powerful reminder for everyone that how like, you know, you start on a path and you, you're going one direction and then one person, one decision, you know, decision to take a yoga class or for other people it's improv or a trip or mm-hmm. whatever. If you, but you, the, the, key, the key thing is like you listened to that. Yes. Like, why do you yes. th- why do you think you did that? Because a lot of times I hear people say, "Oh, I I wish I wish I would have done this or this or this or even you know asked this person out or mm-hmm. taken that promotion or whatever." So why did you? What yeah, about felt that's so strong? a really great question because I had never. I think honestly that was the first time I did listen to that feeling, um, and really it's quite beautiful because like. I think that was the start of me learning to trust my intuition and to really even like listen to my intuition, especially like as a young woman, um, like, you know, like we're fed all these things in society and like, you know, like this direction and this path. And so I think, you know, like in 2003, there were definitely, I think there were like, I went to yoga source. I don't know if you remember yoga source, but it was this like tiny hole in the wall studio. It's not there anymore. But like yoga wasn't nearly as popular as it is now. Lululemon wasn't in St. Louis yet. You know, like it was just like all very like, what is this weird stuff these people are doing? (laughs) Right. You know, and so I feel like I just got into it before it was like cool, you know, like quote unquote. (laughs) And so it was, it felt really good. And then, you know, like I just started to realize that I was beginning to like shift my life around the yoga classes that I wanted to go to. You know, and so it was almost like it wasn't an overnight thing. I had to keep my job. I had to pay my bills. I was in an apartment, you know, and so I was like even in school a little bit still. And so it was one of those things that I just slowly like stopped going out at night so I could get to class at 6 a.m. I slowly didn't go to happy hour. Instead, I went to class at 530, you know, and so it was just kind of this like slow realization that I started to know what was right for me, you know, and, and, and the way I wanted to live that felt better and healthy and, you know, like fueling vitality instead of like, you know, hangovers. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love that. Cause they say, they say in life, you're supposed to look for opportunities you're moving toward versus moving away. Mm-hmm. And totally. So many times people have trouble quitting doing unhealthy things because you're the idea of it's the idea of doing without something versus, mm-hmm. versus like you found something that felt amazing that you moved toward. So you don't, you don't, you didn't feel like you were missing out on something. You were excited to, to make the sacrifice. Anyone listening, yeah. is, I'm doing air quotes now in case you can't see right. it. <laughs> the sacrifice of giving up something, but it didn't feel yes. like that. So beautiful. Right. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and then, and then I think, you know, like it's one of those things. And I teach this a lot, like in trainings and in like some classes when I have the opportunity to like share this, but it is one of those things that like, I think that the practice of yoga really does like offer an opportunity to start to 
almost like develop what your intuition even feels like, you know, like what, what is it like to listen to myself and then trust that and then do it again and again and again in a way that starts to just kind of like become your default, yes. you know, to where you where Yeah. Like that's kind of like, Oh, well, I know it's best for me because I can like trust this feeling that I've developed over time. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's such a beautiful thing. Um, I wrote, one of the chapters I wrote was called following the fun. And I, I learned some of those lessons through oh. what I was learning in improv. Cause they talk about an improv when you, you're not trying to find the funny, you're, you're discovering it. And then as you discover oh, the quirky, that. interesting thing in the scene that you and your partner want to play with and that the audience might be responding to, you play with that versus just going for a cheap joke or a dirty word or whatever. So yeah. it might be just something completely absurd or dumb or you make a mistake and then that mistake becomes just the way you say the word in that world or whatever. And you mm. play with that. And I learned to do that in my life and it looks like you did as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I just want to make sure I capture this, like that for people that, especially if you're in school or just coming out of school, there's so much pressure from for little kids to be like, what are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to be? And you're, yes. you're 15. And I remember laying in bed not being able to fall asleep because I didn't know what I was going to be. And I felt like I had to mm -hmm. know. And then all through mm -hmm. college, I worked and worked. And and, and then um, it ended up going in a very different direction. And I know so many people that studied one thing in school and then ended up doing something else. And just, I want to, I hope everybody can just listen and take, just take a breath and know that that's okay to not know. And yeah. Yeah. And to, and to, and and to I, look for those lessons to, to, to discover like you did. Yes. And I even, you know, like when I was, um, I went to Mizzou and I studied like psychology and sociology and like my, my thought, and eventually I still want to do this, but is to, you know, go back and get, um, like a mental health degree basically so that I can do therapy. But I, so I knew that that was what I wanted to do was kind of like work with like the mind. But I remember in my undergrad classes, I was like, this isn't it. Like I'm looking for something. And now I realize that I was looking for something on a more like holistic spectrum, you know, and it's just yeah. like, you know, like the, all the like neuroscience classes and, you know, the statistics classes that they're interesting, they're necessary for that path. And yet, like when I found yoga, it was like, oh my God, this is it. It's like mind and body. And, you know, so it almost like married the best of like both worlds in a way that, like you said, like I never would have found had I just kind of like stuck to the traditional path of like, psychology and therapy, you know, yeah. so I think I got to like explore a different realm of that. And then like, eventually, hopefully like bring it all together. Okay. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that's what you studied in school. And then as soon as you said that, I'm like, ah, that makes sense because of some of the things mm -hmm. I've heard you say in the studio and little lessons that you little seeds, like you're like Johnny Appleseed planting little uh, <laughs> seeds in people's oh, brains. What a good compliment. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Oh, uh, so then what what was it that helped you keep that momentum up? Because sometimes people will do that; they'll get called to 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 go somewhere, or do something, or to become a teacher of this or that. Um, but then it 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 stops there, so that you you mm -hmm. you started teaching, and then you're like, nope, I also want, and you and you, you I want to start a studio, and then you started a studio that was very different than the training you had gotten originally. So how did how did how did that happen? Okay. So once I started, it was like, 
I, once I started, like I could not stop, like I just like literally could not get enough of like learning about yoga and not just the poses, but like the philosophy and the anatomy and the kinesiology, like all of it. I'm just like, I'm obsessed with it. You know, like uh -huh. somebody wants to sit down and chat, like I'm your girl, you know, for hours <laughs> on end. And so there's just like, it's just this vast subject, you know, that has spanned like basically centuries. And there's so many like great, like scriptures and texts around it, you know, like that, that bring you to like a deeper level than just like the physical practice. But what happened luckily was I feel like I was like getting into it at a time when like Sarah, my dear friend, Sarah and business partner who we were business partners, who we opened Bluebird Yoga together. Um, she had been doing Bikram yoga before me. And so when I came in to start teaching, it was like all we were doing, you know, it was like, we were like, we had the time, we had the energy, we didn't have kids yet. You know, we're like, yeah, let's practice for two hours every day. And, you know, just like <laughs> silly things like that. And um, eventually we both moved west to St. Charles and we were just like, you know what, we, we have to like create, we were like looking for our people, you know, cause it was like a totally different vibe. And we were like, if we like almost like the field of dreams things, you know, like if you build it, they will come. Yeah. And we're like, we have to like build something to like attract like our people. And that's kind of like how Bluebird was born was like out of like necessity for like a community for us. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> and so, yeah. so, so for people that don't know, Bluebird Yoga is in St. Charles um, yes. on, on Main Street, right? Yes. And it's been open since um, 2006. No, that's 2000... a total lie. 2011. 11. Okay. <laughs> totally wrong. Yeah, 2011. <laughs> oh, by five years. That's all right. 2011. Yeah. Uh, and then, so 2011. And then uh, your other studio is Pure Hot Yoga St. Louis. Uh, yes. I'll make sure I have that mm -hmm. information in the show notes for anybody that cares to try. Um, yeah. So, so that led you to actually, that's, that's so cool. Like you wanted to build your community and uh, you didn't go to a cornfield. You actually went to, a, <laughs> you found a building yeah. location. I mean, it was tempting. It was tempting <laughs> yeah. to do the cornfield. But yeah, it's in like the sweetest little spot. It's overlooking the park that overlooks the Missouri River, you know, like um, Frontier Park. It's like as, as quaint and like peaceful as you can get in a space. Yeah. And it's, it's so just beautiful. like lovely. Mm -hmm. St. Charles is. did the riverfront right. Yeah, like, like totally we, agree. St. Louis, we lost the highway. The highway just destroyed it, and then they tore mm -hmm. down all the cool buildings and I know. park in. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, you're in a beautiful spot. <laughs> it is a beautiful spot. Yeah, I feel you though. <laughs> um, okay, so okay, so that's amazing. Now I want to chat about because that's one thing I, I mentioned earlier. Like during class, you'll you'll say things that have nothing to do with touching your toes or stretching or sweating or all the things that are happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things you said that made me want to chat with you more was you said, sit in the little moments of perfection. Mm. And that's, and I just remember contemplating that for, for the next, I don't know how many postures. So I was still doing what I was supposed to do, I think. <laughs> Yeah. But I remember, I remember like letting that just kind of bounce around in my head and it stuck in my head even after class. And so I, I was thinking just watching you and, you know, you you're being a mom and running two businesses and still teaching and all the things that you're doing, you always have this, this grace and peace about you. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I was wondering, well, what is it 
what is it from yoga that you carry off the mat and into your world that helps you helps you with your life? Mm-hmm. Um, so many things, but I think like ultimately for me, when I think about how like the poses, so the poses are called in Sanskrit, the word is asana and asana literally translate as translates to seat S E A T. And so that's something, you know, so it's almost like, um, like every pose that you're doing, you know, like even like from the 26 and two, it's like standing head to knee seat, you know, or like standing head to knee, like posture or seat. But so, and the, the actual poses, the physical poses, like the point of them is to create a very like flexible body, but not in the way that we think like Cirque du Soleil flexible, almost more like pliable, you know, like malleable and like easy in the joints, easy in the ligaments. And that's in order to create like this very like supple environment for which then we can like sit in silence and meditation. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, like when I first learned that that's actually like, it's almost like a precursor for like the deeper practice of, of meditation and like self-knowledge and meditation, like that kind of just like blew my brain right open. You know, I was like, holy shit, like there's a point to all of this, you know, that's like way deeper than like feeling wonderful in my body, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. wow, like that's really cool and almost like so far ahead of its time, you know? Yeah. Clearly. And so I think like for me, the physical poses like give me a sense of like calm and ease in my physical body almost now, like even as a mom and now I'm like approaching like mid forties, you know, it's almost become like a way for me to feel like I'm functioning well in life, you know, like Mm -hmm. just from like a sheer like health standpoint. But then even deeper than that is I think like the moments of like clarity and calm that I've started to be able to cultivate in, in stillness you know, and almost like knowing that that's truly the default, you know, and like almost like what's up underneath all of the busyness, you know, that's like outside of me. Um, And it's really been about um, like cultivating and developing like my sense of like being able to be still and like watch almost like, like the witness seat about what's going on around me instead of just like kind of like reacting to or identifying as what's happening around me yeah yeah no that's that's so powerful the, real the, deep the, i know no no i no i um <laughs> i i was just thinking about you know i started yoga because my back was tight from yes from carrying kids you know and trying to hurt you know messing with drywall, you know, building a playroom. And so totally. I discovered, I discovered, uh, Baron Baptiste. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And, uh, and then from there uh, he kept talking about hot yoga. So I Googled it mm-hmm. and found, found the St. Louis Bikram studio. Um, but yeah, I started it for the physical and I didn't, I, you know, with all the things I, in my life, I didn't really dive into the philosophy. Um, but that witnessing awareness is something I discovered accidentally before I even knew the term when, especially in the hot yoga, um, when it's really, really, really hot and you're really, mm-hmm. really tired. And if you, I just learned, yeah, learning, if, if I learned to step away from the, the, the discomfort and focus on my breath or just 
be aware of what I was feeling, it lessened. And then it allowed me to stay in a posture and keep balancing or relax and to oppose or not thinking about, not identify with the, the discomfort. Um, yes. And, and that, that, that was so, and like I said, I kind of discovered that on accident, you know, a lot of times mm -hmm. those, a lot of yoga studios will say meditate. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I've never, I've totally. never I, had, I had never meditated. And um, so like, how would you, how would you help? Or maybe where, where should someone start if they want to kind of dive into some of those things to incorporate, whether it's actually in, in their studio or at home or whatever else they're doing? Mm -hmm. I think the cool thing, like the, the way that you just described it was like you kind of like stumbled upon it by accident. You know, it's almost like that's the really cool thing to me about like yoga in America now, because it's like, it's almost looked at as like, it's like, oh, do you do yoga? Oh, do you do, you know, like everybody does yoga, right? It's everywhere. It's at the yeah. farmer's market. It's every single street festival, you know, like it's literally everywhere. And it's cool because it like kind of like, in my opinion, like tricks people into that like deeper access of like themselves, you know? Uh -huh. And so I think for most of us, it is by accident, you know, like it was by accident for me, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and I think you just like start to realize like, oh, there's something a little bit deeper here than like CrossFit or, you know, like going to the gym or whatever it is. Like there's definitely like a layer that feels like, like underneath the surface, you mm -hmm. know? And so I think then I also like love the fact that like people can continue to just come because it feels good physically. Or if there is that kind of like, Hmm, like, you know, like you and like me, like where it's like, what is, what's this about? You know, like yeah. you can, you also then have like the opportunity for like a teacher training or books or, you know, like people that kind of know a little bit deeper than just like treating it as a workout can yeah. kind of like guide people in the right direction. Totally. <laughs> I like that. That's exactly right. It kind of tricks you. Cause the other thing, when you were talking about that, it made me think of, um, cause I had, I had been an athlete my whole life and done lots of different sports. And one of the things I discovered about yoga is that, um, how vital it was to be present in what you were doing mm -hmm. in a way that you didn't have to be if you were on a treadmill or running. Right. When you're doing those things, you can keep you can keep stressing out about your work and your marriage and and your your kids and your bills and your credit card and you can just you can keep thinking about all those things and they can keep gnawing at your mind and your peace of mind. Mm -hmm. But when you're trying to like stand on one foot and <laughs> do whatever right. it is you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> if you're not thinking about just that, you're going to fall over and over and over and over. And so I remember coming into those stu the studio and just being so stressed about all the things in my life. And if I was not able to keep my balance, I realized, oh, it's because I'm still thinking about that client meeting I had or totally. what, I, what I have to do when I get home. But mm -hmm. so it, like you said, it tricked me. <laughs> because I didn't mm -hmm. want to fall over into training my brain to just be present in what I was doing. Yes. That's exactly it. It's yeah. like, that's exactly it. And then you start to like exercise that muscle, you know, mm -hmm. and then it's like, Oh yeah, this is working, you know, and you start to see like 
little things like trickle, you know, outside of the studio, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not losing my temper as quickly or, you know, like, that's always what I notice first, you know, Mm -hmm. is it like, especially like, you know, being the mom of like two younger kids, like, I'm like, if I'm like super agitated, I'm like, oh yeah, like I haven't practiced in a couple of days or, you know, like it truly is like, and it like evens me out in a way that's really amazing. Yeah. No, it, <laughs> very it, necessary. It does. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's, so maybe I wonder, I'm wondering if, 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 cause I know, I think like Zen, like some of the Buddhist practices do the same thing. They have you do one thing and it's really to prepare your mind for other lessons. So is that yes. some? Is that somewhat of what is happening with, with yoga is like, they make new, new people do these other things to sort of prepare their minds so that they understand the lessons when they're, when they're read or, or spoken. Yeah, I would say definitely. I mean, I think like the, and it would, it would always depend on like what school that you you're attending, you know, like what ashram you attend or what guru you had, like in the past anyway. Um, But, you know, like here it's more just like, you know, you take your classes and you do your thing. And then really, I think like, it's ultimately up to the student or the client, you know, depending on what perspective you have, the capitalistic perspective or the yeah. yoga perspective. <laughs> yeah. right, right. And, um, you know, like, and then it's kind of like, like for me anyway, like the two studios that I have, it's like, I feel like I know quite a bit about yoga, at least like from like an American standpoint, I know nothing in like the grand scheme of things, but you know, like if, so that's why I offer like a teacher training once a year, you know? So it's like, if people are like, I really want to know more about this. It's like, oh, I can totally offer it to you. And at the same time for the people that are just like, I just want to come for an hour, kind of like get a new perspective by not thinking about everything and by focusing on balancing, you know, like you can offer that too and give those people what they want as well. Oh, so it's like, that's amazing. You know? Yeah. Best of all the worlds. Well, um, and so, yeah, I, I, that's something I've toyed with since I started probably like a lot of people is like doing the training, not, I don't know that I would teach, but just to get that deeper understanding. Um, I think I'm gone on your next training, but when, when's your next, when's the next time people Yeah, I think you are actually, cause I, when I planned it, I was like, Ooh, Carlo. Um, but it's <laughs> September through January. So it lasts six months. And they're, um, you know, like each week, if they're, if they're a weekend long and they're about 14 hours and it's an intense six months, but it's like, I, you know, I've, this will be my 14th training that I've led and I've trained, you wow. know, like a lot of teachers, even like in St. Louis and like, you know, people that have moved away and a lot of people, I would say the majority of people don't teach, you know, they just, they really want to like know more and have like all their questions asked and kind of like start to look at the you know, like we do philosophy, we do, you know, like some meditation, some mantra, pranayama stuff, like breathing work. And so it's like, just kind of like a whole education on the subject uh, versus just uh, classes. Yeah. It's pretty dope. That sounds amazing. No, I would love yeah. that. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be gone during, the, during those months, but maybe one day yeah. I'll give you Someday. my travel schedule next time or vice versa okay. and we'll, we'll coordinate. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. We could do some weekends in Italy. perfect uh once you get there it's less expensive to live Um, yeah amazing uh so yeah so what and i want to take a step back for anyone listening that's think has ever thought about doing yoga and hasn't don't worry you don't have to dive right into that deep end immediately just Mm -hmm. go and practice and do what you're told and you'll feel Mm -hmm. amazing and you don't ever have to go beyond that but if you want to it's there and you might stumble into something that allows you to find peace of mind more easily or get into some 
levels of, of uh, awareness that every, whether you're religious or not, every religious or wisdom mm-hmm. tradition, as Ken Wilber calls them, has some esoteric branch that's very similar in, to, to meditation. Um, I don't know if you knew this, like the original, in the original version of Christianity, the saints, the, the word, the Latin word was sanctus, which means sanctified, which is the, the saints were enlightened beings who had, who had gained a Christ consciousness and you went to them like you would a guru. Uh, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't until after the council of Nicene that that kind of went away and it was just only through mm-hmm. the church you were able to find salvation or whatever. But originally it was more like an Eastern practice of finding someone who had reached a higher level of consciousness and Christ consciousness or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and working with them to achieve that yourself. Um, and, and again, like you can just go there and work on your tight hamstrings if you want. Um, yeah, exactly. You, you can stumble into uh, the, and for me, I, not, not, I haven't, I haven't thought of, thought about this so long. It's kind of coming back in waves. Uh, when I first learned how to do like handstands, that that was the real test for me in my ability to maintain my mental presence. Mm. And, and and I remember the first time, the first time I held a handstand where I just felt like I was standing on the ground with my feet. Mm. I was looking at, if you remember the old stinky carpet. Uh, yeah, totally. I, I felt like I was looking at a single fiber of, of the carpet. <sighs> yeah. And my head, my, I remember my head, like later I, I, it felt like, like a, it felt like water, like clear, undisturbed water. Mm. And, if, and if I thought about something else, <laughs> I fell over. <laughs> I yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I, that was a, a wonderful thing. And then when I, when I stumbled across some, I've talked about this before in some other episodes. When I stumbled across Ken Wilber, I don't know if you've if you've read anything of his. No, I haven't. He talks about a lot about a lot of things, um, but one of the things is is witnessing awareness and his meditation practice, where he talks about, you know, like you you mentioned a little bit about the, the being aware of your awareness. So his meditation mm-hmm. practice, where as you're sitting there or meditating. If anything that arises in your mind, you say to yourself, so let's say you notice your back is tight and you say, I'm aware of this discomfort. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's not me because I am that which is aware. Oh, yeah. And you keep stepping into that aspect of you that is aware of everything because his, you know, what, what, he's, what he's reminding us is if if anything that we're aware of can't be us, it's we're the thing that's aware. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so he gives an example of like, if I say uh, it's easy to do that when it's like, you know, something outside of us, like our car or, or that's, that's obviously that's not me. That's this thing. But then as soon as you start talking about your physical self, it's harder to not identify with me. Mm -hmm. But like if, if I'm aware of my, you know, my skin or my feeling and my thoughts and my breath. Therefore, therefore those are, those are something that's outside of whatever that's aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stumbled into, I stumbled into that feeling 
and then later read things that, that made it go, ah, that's, that's what that was. And that's, that was just exciting. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It's like, you know, even there's a, um, you know, and I think like just going along with like the mindfulness, like mindset is like also for me, like a big, a big shift in that, like not identifying as like the sense, like almost like the sensory experience I'm having, you know? So it's even like, hunger like instead of like I am hungry you know and I think it's even like used this way in the Spanish language but it's like I have hunger yes or you know and it's like I have anger or I have sleepiness you know and so it's like almost like a state that you're in and your body is experiencing it but it doesn't necessarily have to be like what I become you know and like that is always just like it's such a great like perspective when I remember it you know (laughs) I'm so glad you brought that up because I've I've noticed that with other languages, like you, I, I didn't study Spanish, but with German and Italian, they do that in different mm-hmm. things. And where we say, I am hungry, it sounds like a right. permanent state that's forever and always. And of course, that would be distressful to say out loud to yourself if your conscious and subconscious mind are accepting right. the fact that you are lacking or you are yes. suffering uh, right. versus I have hunger. I have the sensation mm-hmm. of hunger. I have thirst. Yeah. My body's uh, hungry, you know, like my body's thirsty. Like, okay, I can look at this as like, you know, need something I need to do to take care of myself or, you know, like a conversation I need to have if I'm feeling like angry about this. And at the same time, it doesn't have to be like, and now I'm going to carry this with me for the rest of the day and right. you know, the rest of my life, <laughs> creates, which of like, course we, I've done too. <laughs> sure. Yeah, like even in, uh, in Italian, they say, I have this many years of age. You know, oh, I'm, that's great. Like uh, I have, you know, this many years. It's not like the, mm-hmm. I am that because, mm-hmm. and that's what causes us think so much stress. And people say I am whatever decade. And then they get all this distress when they are no longer that anymore. But that's not never yeah. anything that they had. That, 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 that they, it's never anything that they were. It was a temporary exactly. state of being like, the, like mm-hmm. forever 21. You know, it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Right? So that's 21. Yes. That, all those <laughs> all those uh that identification and and sense of possession of your your looks and your your mm. status and your money, then when those things go away, well that whole thing of I am if 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 you put something after that that's not almost all almost all those things are impermanent. So yeah, it causes distress, you know, like uh, so much distress. Yeah. When you're no longer the president of this company or a spouse or, or a certain age or have a certain amount of money, if you Mm -hmm. thought that's who you were, of course, that's going to be scary if it goes away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I remember, you know, like during COVID, it was almost like a yoga studio was like the one place you know it was like restaurants somehow got to like separate people in these little bubbles and all these things you know but it was like what the you know what I did for my livelihood was basically like you can't be in a room with people inside you know like it was Uh. like the ultimate wrestle with like distress and like almost my identity you know and like who am I with this thing gone and it was like you know it brought up so much because it was like taken away in a way that I had like no control over, you know, so it brought up a lot of like, 
feelings from like childhood and, you know, feeling like out of control. And, you know, it was just like, yes. So that was like a great exercise in being like, okay, I'm more than like what I've created. I'm more than my work. I'm, you know, and that, that was, um, I'd say, yeah, one of the, like the more like in your face, like experiences for me to have to like wrestle with that. And it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, <laughs> And that's what's great about these kind of lessons is you get them and then life sometimes will throw something else at you, like a more advanced version of the lesson, you know, mm -hmm. like that, you know, is, you know, when I hurt my knee in 2010 and I couldn't practice yoga for a while and all of a sudden I was, I was using yoga like a drug instead of dealing yes. with my stress and unhappiness and anxiety, I would go there and burn it off every day which felt mm -hmm. good. I, one of my chapters in my book is called blank is not my therapy because mm. so many people say is yoga is my therapy or running is my therapy or shopping is my therapy or whatever. Um, but it's not, those aren't really, those aren't, they're therapeutic and they can relieve anxiety or tension or stress, but they're not dealing with the root cause of it. And for exactly. me, when I hurt my knee and I couldn't practice for a while, I just had <laughs> all the, mm -hmm. all the, stuff I had been burning off in the studio with four or five 90 minute sessions every week just yeah. came rushing to the surface. Right. And that was the beginning of me figuring out a lot of my things in my life. So what's the point of that? <laughs> um, I do though. It's like with you saying that I, I just had a conversation with someone the other day about like how you know, like you just said, like whatever, like we, each of us like wants to use to substitute, you know, like blank is my therapy, but it's also really just like an outlet, but how even like those things can become a, like, it's almost like this cycle of like, we can then use that thing to then even almost like fuel more like neuroticism, you know, mm -hmm. and like more perfection and more demands on ourselves because then it can become like, you know, like if, you know, yoga is your therapy, but then does it start to become like a punishment if you miss a class? Does it start to become like, in a way that like, I have to be there, I, you know, and then you put these greater demands on yourself. So it's is like another way of, even though it's like an outlet and healthy, we also, I think, still have to maintain that like witness consciousness of it so that it doesn't become like something else that's like driving us or another like carrot at the end of the stick. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 um, there are different kinds of addictions and that mm -hmm. we have. And so like, if you're unhappy or stressed or anxious and you deal it with it, with, with alcohol or drugs, you're, it's, it's a bad thing in society. But if you run ultra marathons, then you're a hero. But what happens exactly. when, your knees, when your knees go out, all the anxiety comes right back because you mm -hmm. didn't. You didn't go to this. It's like taking an aspirin versus realizing your head hurts because you're thirsty, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's, and there's, I know I've had people get upset with me going, no, such and such is exercise is therapy or being in nature is therapy. Well, they're, they're addressing the symptoms and they're therapeutic and they're healthy and wonderful, but they don't replace actually diving into the recesses of your soul <laughs> and understanding. One hundred percent. What's causing yeah. the anxiety that you have to burn off? <laughs> right, exactly. And still, like, even if you do start to get to those like root causes that are like incredibly uncomfortable to get to like identify, 
but in still like knowing that yoga is still a lovely thing to do. Hiking is still a lovely thing yes. to do, you know, right. But it's not like putting all of your eggs in that one basket where it's like, yeah. this is what's going to solve all my problems. I actually had to retrain my brain to exercise because I wanted to, and I wanted to be healthy and not as a, a method of burning off stress because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I had done that from childhood and I you know, did it then, you know, just doing a bunch of pushups or they're going running or playing soccer or swimming and all the things that I did. And then as an adult, I started doing it in the gym and then eventually yoga. And it was just this pressure valve release. And then yeah. when I, when I really healed from a lot of things, I had an almost a negative association with exercise. Cause I'm like, I had remembered why I, where I had gotten the drive to do what I was doing was from a, right. a source of pain. Um, yeah. And I had to re, I had to rewire my brain and my, my relationship with exercise. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And it's like, Oh, this is a tool, not like my identity. Once yeah. again, like we <laughs> just talked about. <laughs> exactly. So, um, for you, like, okay, let's say you had, uh, well, I don't know what the number is, the top three lessons you either, like you want kids to know, or you want your students to know to, about, about yoga philosophies of things that help you, you know, what, what might, what might those be? Or just, even if it's just the, the number one thing. Mm. Um, I think what it would be especially geared toward people who don't have a lot of experience. Cause I know, I think sometimes I can get a little like, um, I'm really passionate about it and it's like done so much for me and I've seen it do, do so much for so many people that I kind of go like straight for like the depth, you know? And so I think like, for me, it's kind of like the reason that I've really fell in love with teaching yoga was because I could see like teaching pe- a, people a class who've never done yoga before and like to see after class people just be like, Oh my gosh, like my chest is open my you know like I feel like I can breathe deeply or you know like my thighs feel open or you know like whatever it may be their hips like after you know like so much sitting and driving and computers and phones and our heads are forward and you know so it's like being able to start to undo just a little bit of those like habitual like shapes that we take in our bodies um like people doing like a back bend for the first time like holy smokes you know they feel like they're born again you know and so I think like I've had a lot of people over the years say something like, I'll come in for class when I lose 10 pounds or I'll come in, I'm going to, I need to get a little bit more flexible and then I'll come in, you know? And so I just, I think for me, it's all like just really encouraging anyone who wants to take some deep breaths almost to like not be looking at their phone for an hour. And the good thing is, is like both of at least my studios are tech free and so you can blame it on me, you know, like <laughs> yeah. jerk who owns a studio won't let me have my phone in there. You know, like I'm, I'm fine being the bad guy with that, but it's like, we don't get that opportunity, you know? And so really to just like breathe and to move your body and like almost like in the opposite direction that we're usually moving it in, you know, can just be so healing, you yeah. know, almost just like coming back to, to neutral is healing at this point because mm-hmm. we're so amped up and like just overly exposed when it comes to noise and busy and whatever it may be that just like that quiet and a few deep breaths and a few like 
chest openers, like shoulder openers, and you're going to feel like a million bucks, you know, keep it simple. Yeah. No, (laughs) that's so true. What a, yeah. To go in and move your body and undo the the stress of the repetitive sitting and working at especially mm-hmm. keyboards and stuff like that. And like you said, just an hour to be tech free. We so yes, we so seldom give that to ourselves. That mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite parts about my hike is that I didn't have Wi Fi, and I had to conserve my battery on my phone because it was my GPS. So yeah. I would go eight hours, and I looked at my phone, but just for the map. I wasn't reading about whatever terrible things happened on the news or right. social media and this and that. And it was just, and then I started listening to birds and cowbells mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. <laughs> my footsteps. Yeah, like that. Yeah. And it's like, and I think all like it will at least, I guess it's a huge thing for me to generalize, but I imagine a lot of us probably, I know me, I can include in that category is like, like crave silence, you know, and like, and we may not even really realize it. And then I think when it, when we first, or at least when I first have access to silence, I'm a little uncomfortable at first, you know, and I almost like get a little like fidgety and a little like itchy inside. And I'm kind of like, I just want to check my phone. I'm a little bit feel awkward and I'm going to pretend like I'm busy on my phone because I don't want to make small talk or, you know, like whatever it may be. Yeah. And so, you know, but like, I think, if we each of us can just kind of get a little more comfortable with like, I like ran into an old friend the other day and she was asking me about the classes that we teach at Pure Hot Yoga. And she's like, do they have music? And I said, some of them have music, but most of them don't have music. And she said, and this just kind of like broke my heart, but she said something like, um, I just have a hard time hearing myself breathe, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh this is kind of what we're doing to ourselves, you know, it's like the workouts and like loud music is fun sometimes, but it's like, it's like we're, it's getting to the point where we don't even can't even like sit with ourselves, you know, in a way that's like very simple. Mm -hmm. And so I think even if it's just an hour, a couple times a week for us to kind of get reacquainted with like our breath and the way that we actually are feeling, you know, I think it can just only be a good thing for, for all of us. 100% 100% agree. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. if, if it's something you used to do and want to get back to it, or if you've never tried it, just give yourself that gift and try some different classes. And you have lots mm-hmm. of different, you have lots of different teachers and different kinds of classes. So yeah, give, you know, find, find your studio, check out Bluebird, check out Pure Hot Yoga St. Louis and give it a shot. And at a minimum, it's going to make it open up your body a little bit and undo yeah. the stress. And you might find a, a, a lifelong passion. Um, yeah. And last thing I want to say is like, I think it's beautiful. Some of what you were talking about is like how you like helping people and seeing the look on their faces or things that they're saying. Um, someone told me this a while back for your kids is instead of asking them what they want to be when they grow up, ask them what problems they want to solve. And Ooh, yeah. So you're, you're, yeah, you're, you know, cause you know, how, how you approach that might change over your lifetime and, and, or it would give you just a different, just a different mindset of, of what you might want to do and how you apply it, even if you work different jobs throughout your lifetime of like, well, what, what am I mm-hmm. working to do? And, and 
and it's interesting. You started with psychology and wanting to help people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now you said you've you discovered it through a more holistic way. So I think that's so mm-hmm. vital in terms of thinking about like what you want to, what you want to do, how you want to help people and being open to, to saying yes to some new passion or discovery you, you find along the way. And, and you're a, you're a beautiful example of that. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Carlo. Yeah. What an honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so much fun. Uh, I, I, I will put in the show notes, your links for your studios and your Instagram pages. So, uh, everybody, you can find, uh, Bluebird Yoga Studio and Pure Hot Yoga St. Louis, um, on the websites. And of course on Instagram and follow them and check it out and take a class. Yeah. You'll like it. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Ellen. I hope you have a wonderful day. And again, thanks so much for, for joining me today. Thank you, Carla. It was so okay. fun. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for joining me and, and listening to Ellen's story. I knew that would be awesome and amazing, and it was exactly as fun as I hoped it would be. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, if you if this is your first episode, first time listening, first time joining me in here on It's the Journey, thank you and welcome. Don't forget, please, to subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can subscribe on Amazon. Or you can subscribe on uh, Spotify, Apple, and even now YouTube that I've added video content. If you didn't know that there are videos, you can you can watch the videos on Spotify. You can watch the video on uh, on on um, YouTube. I'm hard, having a hard time talking. So yeah, don't forget to like and subscribe and share. I'm I'm trying trying to grow this project enough to where it eventually creates enough revenue that then I could eventually hire some people to help me with some of the technical stuff that I'm not frankly very, (laughs) very good at or don't enjoy as much as some of the content creation. Sometimes, sometimes the whole process of editing and, and making this thing come together takes, it takes a lot of time and energy away from the part that I'm, that I enjoy or maybe better at or like to do more, which is, you know, thinking of ideas and and talking with people and interviewing people and things like that. So if you like what I'm doing, please help support the project by, by sharing and liking and subscribing so that, um, I can grow. So thank you so much. I hope you recognize some of the lessons here. And, And if you had a chance to read my book, you'll see some of the parallels between, uh, not only my story, but some, the story of so many guests I've had on this show where they, they said yes to something, a class, uh, a, a, a night out with someone, a, a, an adventure or a trip or whatever it might be. And they discovered something that then transformed and changed the trajectory of their whole life. And I just say that over and over again, that's such a that's such an, a powerful thing. If you've got this thing that keeps whispering to you, this thing that you want to try or a thing that keeps rising in your consciousness, say yes to that. Say yes. And you don't know how it might change the entire trajectory of your life, who it will bring into your life and what impact that'll play out for, for you and all the important people that are, that are part of your world. So, yeah. So whatever it is that's calling to you, say yes to that, say yes to your dreams. And I hope that uh, you enjoy your journey. Thank you so much.